rotation is a key word at this time of the season. Freshness instead of fatigue can be the difference between a strong finish to the campaign and limping over the line. That said, there's another shuffling of the pack for us this week. Will it be enough for us to get the result required? What does that even mean in terms of a podcast? Not much. Oh well, this is the Totally Football League show. Hiya, I'm Matt Davis-Adams, finally accepting the fact that two-time European champions Nottingham Forest won't be making the playoffs. Alongside me are the dynamic duo. First up, fresh from his debut on the EFL on Quest, meaning he's now completed the Football League triple crown of this show, that show and Sky's show. Thrilled to be offsetting the cost of a new wardrobe against his tax bill, it's TV's Sam Parking. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. (laughs) Alongside Sam, first published by Eric Mottram in the Poetry Review Winter 1972-73 issue, he founded Angel Exhaust with Steve Pereira in the late 1970s, resurfacing in the mid-80s with reading Reverdy and Ghost Measures. Hang on, wrong Wikipedia page. Apologies for that and welcome to the other Adrian Clark. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm much less interested than that guy. <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, go on his Wikipedia page. Some good poems too, but I'm sure you, you could you could pen one if he really pushed you. Uh, no Joe Crilly this week, so a welcome return for Posh Odds with producer Abby. Will it include odds on Posh? I'm excited to find out. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. Into the championship then where it's a switch up near the top between Leeds and Sheffield United. The Canaries continue to fly ahead of the rest following a 4-0 thrashing of managerless QPR. Elsewhere, West Brom lose at Millwall. Goals are plenty at Griffin Park and Ashton Gate. Borough lose six in a row and there are wins for Ipswich and Rotherham down at the bottom. If we start with the automatic promotion race, the two Yorkshire sides swapping places again. Sheffield United move above Leeds. Birmingham Leeds bogey team having also won at Ellen Road in September. Che Adams, his first goal in six games he's been pretty good this season though Adrian is he going to be at Birmingham next season they're going to have to work hard to keep him no I don't think he'll be at Birmingham I, th- I think he's he's in the process of, of outgrowing them and it, I don't think too many Birmingham fans would, would grumble if he had the opportunity to move obviously they'd be disappointed but yeah, his development has been massive I think this this season he's come on a bundle the rawness that he had when he first broke into the side has kind of dissipated when I look at him now I just see a proper centre forward a proper number nine that can do a bit of everything he's, he's got great feet he holds the ball scores different types of goals and the Birmingham front two are a pleasure to watch, really. I, I, I love the, the old-fashionedness of, of Jukovic and Adams in terms of the way they rough up defenders. But they don't just rough up defenders in a physical way. They, they've got a little bit of class about them as well. And, and Jukovic, I know, has, has created five goals for Adams this season. It's a proper partnership. And you don't see that too often these days, do you? One big blow for Birmingham, Sam, coming out of this game. The news that Mikhail Kieftenbeld out for six to nine months after an ACL injury. That's one of those, isn't it, that years ago that was your career over essentially, but now it's a lengthy absence, but an injury that you should be able to come back from. Yeah, definitely. And that made the victory ever more impressive. They lost both their their central midfield players uh, during the proceedings. So, yeah, it was a fantastic, firstly, a defensive display from them, uh, doing a number on leads, stopping their full-backs, Alioski in particular, Hernandez as well, probably the poorest game that he's had for a while. And and I like Gary Monk's comments actually on Jay Adams, uh, as Adrian's just been speaking about him. Mentality wasn't right at the start of the season, had to leave him out of certain games. And I think you have to credit the manager. Yes, the players had an outstanding season, but Gary Monk's obviously got hold of him and said, you need to improve your discipline or, or whatever it was around the place. And he's proven to be an outstanding talent. And they got him for relatively cheap. I'm sure Sheffield United it was, wasn't it? Probably kicking themselves now. What I will say on Adams, if he does leave St Andrews, is he's got to be careful where he goes because he's found a partner that gels with him. I'm not saying that he can't do it on his own, but but when you're used to playing up alongside Jukovic, then he has to pick and choose carefully, I think, the club and the manager that, that, that he joins next. Gary Monk, you mentioned him there, Sam. He said after the match that this has been the toughest season of his career as a manager. I thought that was quite a strange comment and you look at his his history Middlesbrough didn't last long Leeds didn't last long Swansea the club that he played for for so many years started okay then went bad I think you could arguably make a case that this is 
probably been the best season of his career because his position has never been under threat at any point. They've had this points deduction, so it's essentially been a free hit for him because there were, there were no expectations and he's exceeded them. Yeah, I understand what you mean. He's probably just looking at the resources. When you think of him going in at Swansea early on, he was part of the furniture there. He he knew the, the Swansea way, if you like, so that was probably quite natural, that transition from player to management. The resources-wise, again, at Leeds United, he had uh, you know better players to choose from, more players to choose from. I think it was such a tight-knit group at Birmingham this season. To get the return of points that he has has been nothing short of remarkable. And like me and Dan spoke about the other day, when I met him after a game recently, couldn't have been nicer as well and, and very open with the press after the game. And he's got a tune out of this Birmingham side, which I don't think anyone envisaged really. He's been, I think he's been fantastic. And you saw that emotion at the end of uh, end of Saturday's game. It was a, a really good tactical display from a manager, especially in the first half. As for Leeds, uh, Patrick Bamford didn't have his shooting boots on, but he was grateful that uh, Eric Maxim Chupamoting took the headlines for, <laughs> for misses later on in the weekend. Positive for them that Kim Arif came back on, didn't help them much here. Bielsa explaining the game of football post-match. We could draw the game, we could have lost the game, and we could have won the game too. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, genius. that's genius. generally how that's it what, works. That's what he gets paid the big bucks for. <laughs> where, where, where do you see them? Because it just feels like Sheffield United are a bit more consistent, maybe a little bit more dogged than Leeds for, for as much talent that, that they've undoubtedly got. But then again, yeah. it, cha- it might all change it, by the time people hear this. It can flip around, can't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult. I think they lack that natural goal scorer up front, the, the, the Billy Sharp type, type character. Bamford is, is a good front man, but I don't think he's an elite finisher. Kemar Roof probably isn't either, but, but he, he will be important in the running because he'll freshen up the team and, and add a little bit of competition for places. Right now, as it stands today, I'd back the Blades over them. So Sheffield United winning 1-0 at Preston. Big blow for, for Preston's playoff hopes. Chris Wilder said uh, his team gave me a few heart attacks during the game, probably did the same for the supporters as well. Henderson, the keeper, Sam, key man here for them. He's really kicked on since those errors at Villa. When was that? A couple of months yeah. ago that ended up costing them. He's, he's made some, some key saves at key times since. Yeah, definitely. And and all of them defensively as a, as a unit, they've become harder to score against, obviously. And I think there's been a bit of a change in Sheffield United. We've you know, wax lyrically about the way that they're so open, the way that they they attack with the, the centre-halves. And I don't think that's happening as much at the moment. And I think that's why the defensive record is so good. They're a bit tighter. But yeah, he, he made a couple of excellent saves early on. And after that, Preston found it difficult to create anything. Uh, Maguire's been excellent since he's come back, but up against those three centre-halves. Very difficult. Duffy, important. You know, he gets the... The blade's ticking very much so, and they've got goal scorers, as Adrian was just saying. You know, Sheffield United have got a plethora of options, and obviously Norwich have got the probably the, the, the best centre forward uh, across the piece. So, uh, my daddy Ian Holloway said it on Saturday. I think that's the <laughs> I think that's the difference at the moment when you look at it. That's why I fancy Sheffield United to just uh, pip Leeds. Yeah, your dad, I love that. It's, yeah, it's not impossible, is it? Look, it's not, ju- pair, it's yeah. not just the um, lack of follicles either, is it? Um, that, that's a lazy way of looking at it. Uh, we're both bald, that's it. But um, <laughs> while while we're on it, I mentioned this to him on Saturday. When I was leaving... To the old man. When I was leaving Swindon to go to... That summer when I was leaving, in Holloway called me and said, we want you at QPR. I remember exactly where I was because it was a big moment for me. Someone I watched as a kid, obviously, um, at Rangers. So he called me. I was on the way to Putney to a barbecue and said, yeah, we understand you're a QPR lad. Do you want to come? And I said, of course blah 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 so we spoke football for a little bit arranged to, to meet up a few weeks later end of the phone call we said just one last thing you've got to shave that hair off top of the stand it looks absolutely ridiculous when it's raining <laughs> and he was right because it looks much better now he was right so uh, Ian Holloway was the reason I got the clippers out that's fatherly advice for you uh, so, so Preston hosting Leeds tonight that'll be another quiet night in at the library not and then a nice quirk of the fixture the Sheffield United take on Birmingham on Wednesday speaking of Leeds by the way the Totally Football Show gang will be there next Monday that's the 15th of April it'll be Jimbo Duncan Alexander Julian Laurent and Rory Smith the gig is at Leeds City Varieties Music Hall Starts at 8pm. Last few tickets can be got at cityvarieties.co.uk. At Norwich for QPR, they'll 
Adrian, you weren't with us last week. Thoughts on QPR's situation? They were dire in this game. Uh, Telegraph today saying Michael Appleton has had talks with them over over the vacant managerial mm. position. Would he be a good fit? Possibly, yeah. I think uh, that he... Yeah, he's, he's been linked with so many jobs. It's about time he got back in. He's going to have to work with a, a really young group of players. I, I don't see the financial situation improving, obviously, at QPR. So they're not going to be able to spend their way out of trouble. I, I'd imagine that it'll be another relegation battle for QPR next year. I do think they'll they'll survive, but uh, by the skin of their teeth, probably. Yeah, now someone like Appleton, a, a progressive young manager that's, that's willing to work on a low budget, that will play the kind of football that QPR fans want is really important. We were talking just before we came on air and I just asked Sam about Gareth Ainsworth because on paper, I think, you know, he's done a great job at Wickham. He would be the logical fit. But the factor that goes against him, the big black mark, is, is the is the style of football. And I don't think QPR fans would, would, would want, would they, a more direct style? Is that fair to say, Sam? Yeah, possibly. And, and maybe... His stock has, has fallen a little bit because of Wickham's plight at the moment, although I understand we'll come on to them. They were excellent at the weekend. If uh, Gareth Ainsworth did get it, at least he wouldn't have Flavio Briatore texting him from the stands <laughs> like, uh, like he did in the four-year plan. In terms of this game, the pink kit, pink dressing room, probably not a great combo for them. No. Uh, whilst we're speaking of Norwich, the AFL Awards were on Sunday night. Timu Puki, Championship Player of the Season, Max Aaron's young player, just like Sam and Gregor Robson said last week. James Collins and James Norwood earning League One and two players of the season respectively not too much argument not really no this is certainly not with the championship I think Pookie's been the star star man and Max Aaron's 100% I don't think I've been as impressed by a, a teenage defender or, or fullback for for, for for a long long time Reece James Reece James yeah, but he's but he's he's a DM. For, he's, for he's, he's more of a, yeah, he's more of a midfielder, isn't he? Well, he's yeah, everywhere, he's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, he, no, he's been really good. Utility man, been really good. But but into, yeah, Max Aaron's I think absolutely deserves League One. Not entirely sold on 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 James Collins being the the main man. Actually, I, look, I haven't watched as much football as as Luton fans do of, of their team. Every time I've seen Luton, the right back for them, Stacey, has been incredibly good. So so I, I was surprised he wasn't sort of nominated. Not very sexy to have a right back, is it, when you can have a striker? Nobody wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. <laughs> <laughs> the famous quote went. In terms of Norwich, can they get 100 points, do you think? So they're on 84. They've got 18 points left to play for. They're playing Reading this midweek. That probably doesn't even come into your thinking when you're trying to get promoted, does it? Not like for Man City last season, but the form that they've been in, it's not beyond the realms. I think it'll be difficult, yeah, because there's a lot on these fixtures that remain for a variety of reasons. But I would expect them to, yeah, of course, beat beat Reading. But no, I think that's a tough ask. There'll still be tension within that camp. Uh, Buendia got himself sent off the other day as well, didn't he? So um, For an outrageous challenge. Yeah, it was a poor challenge, yeah. I've seen it back. A couple of times, it was a probably the right decision, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still not having it that you can get sent off for making zero contact with, with a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can effectively nut someone, and it's deemed a yellow card. I just don't, I don't understand that. Let's move on to the playoff race because it's uh, as thrilling as it usually is. Sheffield Wednesday won Aston Villa three in the Steve Bruce derby, galling for him that his first defeat as Al's boss comes in this fixture. Sam, it's time for your bi-weekly John McGinn loving <laughs> four in four for him. <laughs> and a unusual finish, not something I've seen him do too often. Lovely little clipped finish. Oh, have, you seen, have you seen him up close then, McGinn? I used to play with him. Yeah, um, yeah, lovely goal. And him and Grealish again, fantastic. Mings as well, phenomenal. Looked like a bit of a game of two halves by that all accounts. That pass from Mings was outrageous, it wasn't was, it? It was, the, yeah. Uh, goal. And the other thing that jumped out to me from this one was just Hooper's return. If only Sheffield Wednesday. I know they've been in fantastic form, but if they could have had him for a large part of the season, they would have been in with a great shout. His link-up play as well. His understanding with Bannon, who, who's going to be missing now. Uh, unfortunately, I offer as well, picked up an injury. So that's probably just about it for Sheffield Wednesday, I would suggest. I think we were kind of in unison that they'd probably f- fall just a little bit short, but credit Steve Bruce what he's done and probably was a little bit unfortunate at the weekend. That quite easily could have been a draw. He, he certainly felt so. He said, sometimes when you're going for the playoffs, it's not about how you play, it's about the results. And Aston Villa go home today, knowing that they got the result, but you know, they were very fortunate. 
going to have to rename this podcast, aren't we? <laughs> uh, let's go on to Brentford 3, Derby 3. We've not really mentioned these teams much in the, in the last few weeks. Loads of goals here. Derby go ahead three times but couldn't get the points. Frank Lampard moaning about a penalty that they didn't get here, but you take the lead three times away from home, you ought to win the game. You, yeah, you do need to win the game. I did think it was a penalty. I thought Ashley Cole was really unlucky to, to get that yellow card. And, and look, that's two big points that potentially have, have just been taken away from Derby County. How important might that be come the end of the season? So, yeah, look, don't get me started on that. I, I, I do think that more more cameras, VAR, why not in the Championship? I don't really understand that. On Derby, my view on them is that obviously they're much better going forward when, when Lawrence and Mount are back in the team. That's that's made a tremendous difference to them. Don't know what's up with Jack Marriott. He wasn't in the squad. There are, there are whispers that he's had a bit of a bust up with Lampard. I, I, I think he's their best centre forward. I think he's their best finisher. So they need to sort that out between the pair of them. Don't know what's, go, what's going on. My problem with Derby is defensively. I don't actually, even though I like Fikayo Tomori as a, as a talent, I'm not sold on him, I have to say, as a as a top-notch defender. And I think he's had a really difficult 2019. And that partnership between Keo and, and Tomori, I think it was to blame for two of the goals. That The tracking of Tomori for, for the Mope goal was, was really bad. And the pair of them mucked up for, for the last one. I don't think they're good enough as a centre-back pairing defensively to have no proper defensive midfielder in front of them and Bradley Johnson's doing that role at the moment he's you know he's a good player but I think they need to upgrade that position if they want to have the footballing centre-half that Tamori is. Mm. Bristol City drawing 2-2 against Wigan. Reese James with that thunderbolt for, for Wigan. Lee Johnson, by the way, not happy with his team, as you say, Sam. He said, I'm disappointed, a bit angry, a bit gut-wrenched. I'm not sure if you can be a bit gut-wrenched, <laughs> but I like the turn of phrase. Um, so Derby and Bristol City, wonder if it might be between those two for the final playoff place. Bristol City, big game for them against West Brom at Ashton Gate. Derby going to, to Blackburn this midweek. As we record before those games, Bristol City in six, two points ahead of Derby. And then we've got Middlesbrough, six defeat on the spin for them at Swansea. Playoffs might be out of reach. They're four points back before the midweek games. Could say the same maybe for Forrest, Preston and Hull. Middlesbrough, Tony Pulis, I mean, is he he's quite lucky to still have a job. Isn't well, he? when you lose six in a row and you don't get the sack, you're probably surprised. He might be sat wherever he is at the moment or stood on the training pitch thinking, how am I still He won't here? be sat, he'll be stood. <laughs> he'll be stood <laughs> in club kit, of course. <laughs> wherever he is, he'll be wearing a cap and, and, and whatnot and a, and a cagoule. Yeah, he's just lost it. I don't know whether he's lost the dressing room at all. I, I always feel with, with managers that play his brand of football that when you're getting results... It's absolutely fine and, and, and players will overlook the fact that it sometimes it's not fun. But when results go against you and, and things start to, to fall away and the style of football is not great and you know the, the players are being asked to do this and that in training, it can be quite monotonous, then, then that's when problems can, can occur. On, on this particular game, I'd rather praise Swansea really. I think that they were, they were excellent. And Daniel James... I mean, this is. I mean, how quick is he? I mean, I know, I know that he's he's got a lot of mentions lately. He reminds me of Mark Overmars in style. Do you know what I mean in terms of his stature? He's, he's like the championship Overmars. But he, it, it is like as soon as you allow him to knock the ball out of his feet, you're toast as a defender. So they've got a real asset there. We talk about Reese James at Wigan being a, a, a prize asset. I think Swansea have got one that other clubs will be monitoring very, very closely. We mentioned Bristol City and Derby and uh, we've actually got a competition running to get two pairs of tickets to the game between Bristol City and Derby. It's on Saturday the 27th of April. To be in with the chance of winning, all you have to do is head over to our Instagram page. That's at Totally Football Show. Make sure you're following us. Hit the like button and then cross all your fingers and toes as the competition closes on Wednesday the 17th of April. T's and C's on Audio Boom. Good luck to you all. Speaking of luck, the relegation battle. Sam, the match that nearly didn't happen. Bolton won, Ipswich 2. Nearly didn't happen because Bolton... IT failure. I mean, that's just, we've not paid the company, isn't it? Essentially, it's it's not looking good for them. Win for Ipswich, though, it's not really going to do much in the grand scheme of things. Are we saying that both these two are down and then it's one other now? Yeah, definitely. I don't think that's going to have any bearing at all. A little bit of a morale booster for the old tractor boys. But so sophisticated, as you know I am, when I look at the... Uh, <laughs> 
totaling up the points. I've done that again this morning. Uh, I did it this week. Yeah. And I mean, it's so difficult though, Adrian. Like, I mean, looking at it today and I've got, I've looked at the fixtures. I think it's going to be difficult for Rotherham. I've got them finishing on 44 points, which has given them five more. And I've got Wigan probably going to be the team that struggle. It's going to be very tight between them and Reading in my mind. So Millwall have got one extra home game that remains, obviously, starting tomorrow night. London Derby against QPR. And given how well they performed against West Brom, I fancy them to, to have enough. But it's going to be so tight and I could be look, looking really foolish this time next week, let alone at the end of the season. So you've got Rotherham going down. Yeah. I'll tell you who I've got going down. Reading. Done the same. Done the sand parking. I've, I've, been through, I've poured over the fixtures. I've only given Reading three more points. I've given Wigan four. I do think that they're going to struggle. They've got between, the hardest running. Yeah, Wigan. Yeah, yeah, I can only make a case for four points. I've got I've got Rotherham winning two games. I think I think I've got them six points. I think it might just be enough for them. And the reason I've got Rotherham winning is because they're they're so strong at home. I know the Forest aren't good away from home. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> two-time European champions. Not no, Forest are, are flaky away from home. So maybe that's not the best gauge. But look, they've got Borough at home. I'd back them to beat Borough. And they've also got Birmingham at home and Villa at home. And I can see them winning one of the two. Might, might lose one, but I can see them winning one of the two. And that, and that affords them, you know, nothing away from home. Away, they've got West Brom, Swansea and Stoke. They're tough away games for Rotherham. So this is after a weekend where Millwall got their first home league win of 2019, which is incredible. And Rotherham uh, finally beat Forest. After 63 years of trying, uh, 63 years ago, the same year that 101 Dalmatians was released, um, we've got my dog Brian named after the manager of uh, two-time European champions, Nottingham Forest, in the studio with us today, which was poor from me because I didn't realise that neither of you two like dogs. So that, that's the way to, to settle your guest before can't a big he, show. Can't he get a green jumper on him? <laughs> He's got Please. a Christmas jumper. Next time I see you. Let's just yeah, clarify yeah. this. We, we're, not, we're not dog haters here here on the show. We just, we just, I just said, look, I'm a little bit nervous around dogs. And I think Sam, Sam has echoed that. Yeah, all that concern was just to alleviate straight away. I could just be really open with Adrian this morning <laughs> Tell him I'm petrified of dogs. I mean, it's a nice moment. You've got to, you, you can't really be scared of dogs when you've got a show that's normally fronted by somebody called Caroline Barker, can you? <laughs> that, that, that would have been ideal. Anyway, let's get some odds on the championship. Abby filling in for Joe Crilly of William Hill this week. Who's who's joining Norwich in the top two, according to the bookies, Abby? Sheffield United, they are one to two, so they are the favourites as it stands. And Leeds are six to four to be there, so... Who knows, this may all change by tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, but at the moment, Sheffield United are favourites. And in terms of the playoffs for the top six, we, we spoke, didn't we, a few weeks ago about Villa being a good outside bet for promotion. They're not an outside bet to get in the playoffs anymore. No, no, they are the favourites to be in the top six, aside from those who are kind of already confirmed in there. So it's Aston Villa 2-9, to nine, Bristol City 4-5 to five, and Derby 6-4. to four. We've got to mention good old Nottingham Forest, two-time European champions, 14-1 to one if you want to see them there. No thanks. <laughs> they haven't won back-to-back games since September and they never went away from home. But still, it'll happen one day. Just been 20 years or so. In terms of relegation, oh, Bolton. 1 to 200 I'm looking at. <laughs> what about everybody else? Well, we don't even have odds on Ipswich, even though they're not officially down yet. That's how that's how good they are. But Rotherham are the favourites to join Ipswich and Bolton. They are 8 to 11. Reading, that was who you were going with, Clarky, wasn't it? They are 9 to 4 and we're worried about Wigan. They are 7 to one. Good stuff. Uh, right, before we move on, sadly, we've got to mention a couple of incidents of alleged racist abuse at, at Griffin Park. A message sent to Wigan defender Dwayne Holmes, who had the thing, and with the Northampton players in Nottingham as well on Friday night. Police involved in the in the Brentford and the Wigan issues. Something that seems to be getting worse and worse. It's not something we're going to go particularly deep on as four white people in the studio. We're not particularly um, well-placed to talk about it, I suppose. But do you think, Sam, that it's worse now than it was in your day or is it just reported more widely than it was? Was it something that ever came up when you were playing? I can't remember it, to be honest. Obviously, we know of the uh, the times in the, the 80s. I'm aware of you know how bad it was you know at times then and um I, I think social media you know i've spoken before about the the way supporters are now and it gives them a a platform for these ignorant people it's absolutely disgraceful and people in in charge of these social media platforms have to be very very hot on it yeah and just thinking back to when i was playing if it was you know one of my mates being abused i would have completely understood them 
not wanting to play and I probably would have been on board with that as well you know it's not something that I would have been a part of I wouldn't, wouldn't have wanted to be in a stadium with that type of person who's capable of that type of abuse it's um it's completely shocking and it needs to be eradicated mm, yes hopefully it improves right that's the championship done league one up next Make this an every Saturday super with the Super Saturday Reloaded coupon from William Hill, available in all William Hill branches across the UK. With more prizes on offer than ever before, your new Super Saturday competitions offer you the chance to win a share of £1 million and some additional extra goodies specific to your region. All you have to do is select the number of goals, corners and cards across three selected football matches. Super Saturday football and racing competitions are free to enter when you bet £10 at your local William Hill. T's and C's apply. You can find out more at williamhill.com. And remember, when the fun stops, stop. In League One, then, it's Luton living dangerously, Sunderland leaving it late, Ari Redknapp rocking up at Fleetwood to support his old mucker, Kevin Bond. No teams in the bottom half of the table winning because they want to keep it exciting for us neutrals, presumably. Uh, let's start with the relegation battle. A Walsall beaten 3-1 at home by Oxford. That means the end of Dean Keats' reign as Sadler's boss, Martin O'Connor, in charge on a temporary basis for the second time, another former Walsall player. It's club statement time. Walsall Football Club have tonight parted company with manager Dean Keats with immediate effect the club would like to place on record. It's thanks to Dean for all his hard work and dedication during his time with the Sadlers. We wish him well for the future. In terms of his future, Sam, where does he go from here? Because it it was a gamble from him. You you can see why he went back to the club that means so much of him, but but he had a, a really good thing going at Wrexham and you just fear now does he get another job certainly in the EFL might be tricky no it's a good shout Matt he he might have to go down again uh, and start from scratch a a little bit seven matches unbeaten I remember me and Adrian talking you know in wonderful terms about Walsall the start of the season for the last eight months they'd been the worst in the division they'd be bottom of the table I worked with Martin O'Connor at Walsall he was my assistant manager a legend uh, as well in those parts knows the club inside out he will motivate them but we've spoken as well about that disconnect between supporters and the club at the, at the moment. The the lack of a match day experience, you know, teams in and around them of similar size, you know, kind of leapfrogging them really. And I just think the supporters aren't happy there. It's a real shame for Keats. I thought on the pitch, he hasn't been playing with Cook, who's obviously been their top goal scorer. And they've been playing well, you know, with Gordon and Ismail on, on, on one side. They've got good mobility and good pace, very tricky, but not enough goals. So he got Cook back in the side at the weekend. It meant dropping one of the midfield players, which has been giving them a bit of security. And I think, you know, that was a gamble. A fatal mistake, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Why would you leave out your guy who's got his 16 goals? Well, no, I more mean... I could have understood if he'd have left Cook on the bench and, and kept the, the, the front three as it was. Mm. I think losing the body in midfield was the big error. Okay. So uh, Martin O'Connor's got a dilemma now this weekend. Does he put Cook centrally with two flyers or does he leave Cook out completely? You, you know, my hunch would be get your top goal scorer on there with some, with some pace out wide. But I think that was because when you're looking at Oxford at home towards the end of the season, they perform well against the top sides. It was so imperative they got maximum points at the weekend. So that was the predicament, the gamble that he was obviously uh, faced with. And in terms of the board, Adrian, and the managerial decisions, uh, it was WrestleMania this weekend, so you've got to forgive me a wrestling reference. In wrestling, we have something called a cheap pop, which is where you're on the microphone and you say the name of the town that you're in to get the crowd to cheer. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's a cheap pop. The footballing equivalent of that is putting a former player in charge. Is it because there's this disconnect between board and supporters? Hey, we got rid of one club legend, but look, we've got another one mm. back in. Would they be better off, I don't know, trying to tempt Gary Johnson from Torquay or you know somebody mm. with, with a strong background in the AFL who's actually going to help get them out of the soup rather than a, a cheap short-term fix? Well, it's a, a very interesting point that you make. Yeah, how, how different is it going to be, really? Because he was working with Keats, wasn't he? So, so you'd imagine that they would have shared similar views I wouldn't expect radical changes from him no yeah a little bit like Southend even though the appointment of Kevin Bond was was, was slightly left field at least there's a different face a different voice a different pair of eyes to assess the squad and and to and to to talk to the players and I think that that can have a really positive impact especially at this crucial juncture so no I'm I am surprised that they've named him as the boss until the rest of the season I would have thought they would have tapped up somebody with a bit of experience of a relegation battle previously someone that's managed in the EFL previously to get them out of this mess so it's yeah it's an almighty risk and 
I have the feeling it might backfire. Big win for Oxford. They're in good form. Ahmed Kashi sent off as a substitute for running on the pitch to celebrate the third goal. He'd already been booked. Then he got subbed off. Then he got a second yellow. Uh, that's a fine from the manager. What What do you do as a teammate when somebody gets sent off as a substitute? Presumably there's some, some lovely old ribbing that takes place for that. I would imagine so, yeah. The same end of Walsall Stadium where there was a... A little clip going viral the other week of a steward trying That's to stop it. Alex Mowat from yeah. celebrating with the supporters. So, yeah, they're, they're earning their corn at the moment. And I think maybe they just need to soften their approach to Walsall stewards. Cashy's a really interesting one because I remember speaking to Johnny Jackson about him and Carl Rompson last year at Charlton. He was imperative to them. And I think he's been been important in this recent upturn for, for Oxford. And, yeah, a huge win. Sinclair seems to be getting goals for them as well. And um, we can forget about them falling into the, the basement, really. Mm-hmm couple of other games at the bottom to touch on I mean you know apart from the playoff places pretty much everybody is effectively at the bottom in League One Wimbledon 1-1 Accrington so close between these two and everyone else in terms of relegation Clark we know your feelings on, on Accrington you're you're going to be dancing on their grave when well, they go down no, it's, I take no pleasure in, in predicting their demise uh, but they've still got a chance I actually think if you were to ask me now to name four I wouldn't put Accrington in it I did sort of foresee their slip down the table on Wimbledon like, I hold my hands up completely on Wally Downs oh, absolutely wasn't in favour of that appointment but he has galvanised them and he's used Joe Piggott who I saw a lot at Southend who's, who's a big game player he's always he's always managed to deliver important goals from from across the last four or five seasons really uh, since, since he came onto the scene so well done to him another big goal and, and I looked at the form table across the last 10 matches and I'll read you the list out Luton 22 points Sunderland 22 points Wimbledon 20 points. Look, across the last 10 games, they're the third best team in the division. Incredible. Another left field appointment too. Uh, Wickham to Portsmouth 3. Wickham slide continues though. They were unlucky here. TV Sam Parkin, would you like to reprise your analysis of this game from Saturday? Well, I think Wickham were pretty unfortunate really. Played well, especially in the second half. Sounded like a big Ainsworth team talk, which led to McGivory in the, the Portsmouth goal having a, an outstanding performance. So, yeah, Portsmouth are fantastic on the road 19 wins from 28 games it's a record in their history and I think they're on the cusp of achieving the most away league victories as well they got 12 out of 21 with Burton and, and Sunderland to go so no, I think from a Pompey perspective Evans in for a start after uh, making a big impact at Wembley Hawkins as well Pittman he can't get around like he I don't know if he's ever been able to get around brilliantly but I mean playing just a little bit more withdrawn his goals return has been exceptional and um, yeah I think it's sometimes Pittman's been left out Hawkins has been left out having a little look from the sidelines doing better in training speaking to the coaching staff and coming back in and having a real impact so no they're fantastic away from home and to grind that out because we know what's going to come at Wickham late on Akinfema on balls into the box you have to be resilient you have to be strong that's a massive win for him. Yeah, the chair boys need to stand up. Wickham haven't won since the 26th of January. Shout out to Kenny Jacket on BT Sport. He was a, a pundit for the FA Cup semi-final and he had a, a bloody good try at pronouncing Dale Lefeu. Uh, <laughs> we go to the top. Burton 3, Barnsley 1. Barnsley, the only team in the top half to lose this weekend. This result's been coming from soothsayer Sam Parkin. Try saying that three times first. <laughs> Pointing out the uh, the likelihood of a Tykes loss. Third straight home win for Nigel Clough's Burton, which doesn't have the same ring as Joey Barton's Fleetwood. But Nigel Clough's Burton be a nice pint of bitter to have in, in a pub in the Peak District, I think. I, I'm quite liking that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. What's, go- what's going wrong with Barnsley then? Are they just running out of steam and, you know, those key injuries just yeah. starting to come back to bite a bit? Well, I think if you look at the two injuries, Dougal obviously is meaning that Moet or McGinn is having to play slightly differently, a bit more defensive. And I don't think that's what they're best at. I think they're best at getting forward and being creative and, and hopefully scoring goals. So I think there's an imbalance there. I think Woodrow, when I've seen him recently, spends too much time coming deep, going wide. Without Kiefer Moore, that's even more obvious to me. So they've lost a, a focal point. And the other thing I was thinking about just on the way in today, really, I need to get out more. Look at the business that Luton did in January. You know, strengthening areas. And when Barnsley have lost these players, the players in reserve haven't been good enough. Defensively, you have to still be confident. You know, this is their 
they've shipped five in a week, but they've been that good this season. I'm sure that will continue. I, I, I hope so, and I, I believe so. But going forward, they are just off it at the moment. There's not enough people that are looking like scoring goals. And you have to say, Sunderland are looking most favourite to uh, to nick that spot. They surely are, Adrian. After the weekend's game, Sunderland only behind Barnsley on goal difference, but they've got two games in hand on them. This after they beat Rochdale 2-1 at Spotland, coming back from that EFL trophy final defeat with a, a late winner. And that kind of, you know, George Honeyman, obviously a big Sunderland fan, but that, that image of him Excellent. scoring at the end, running over <laughs> to the Sunderland fans, yeah. those kind of late goals are what teams you get promoted do. They, they are, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a big moment, you feel, in, in their season. But yeah, no, the, the comeback, it's no fluke is it that they keep coming back there's great spirit there with, with this Sunderland team and you've got to remember cast your mind back to what they were like in the championship they, they were devoid of spirit weren't they so so Jack Ross has, has built good camaraderie there as well as as morale and, and quality I think within the within the squad so no they're in the box seat that's for sure but honestly they've got the better running they play pretty much exclusively mid-table size between now and the end of the campaign. Don't think Barnsley, providing they can fix this this issue going forward, I don't think they, they'll lose many games. You're bang on about Woodrow, though. That's always been his thing. He He's a good footballer. He wants to join in out wide, too deep. He's, he's not particularly incisive and, and more, I think, is, is a huge loss. That that game at Gillingham where, where he... Was had to had to come off. That might be the moment that costs Barnsley a place in the in the championship next season. But no, as for Sunderland, yeah, they're in the box seat. But six of their uh, remaining seven games are against top half teams. Sunderland are going to have to do it the hard way. Yeah, this after they beat uh, Rochdale, who are moving up from the bottom. Brian Barry Murphy appointed full-time manager. Very tough first game for him. Uh, he said getting the job is humbling, which is quite sweet. Uh, Bradford nil, Doncaster one in Yorkshire. I mean, Bradford are going down, aren't they? Donny in the final playoff spot, five points clear of Peterborough, but having played it a game more. Grant McCann with the numbers here. I don't like one nils. I prefer three two or four three wins. But in terms of our defensive work, we were very good. On Bradford, Sam, Daniel Brewton Singh has tweeted at the Totally Show. He says, Does Bradford's sudden decline show what can go wrong with modern chairman in terms of player recruitment and tactics? Is this the way the game is moving forward? So I mean, the, the chairman and the and the board there have had a lot of stick at Bradford and I guess that's where you'd point the figure of blame for this season. Yeah, well, it does. And I hope not to answer his two questions in one. But but yeah, I think poor poor recruitment. It's almost as if, I'd, I think this was about Bradford, but, you know, a, a chairman who saw players, you know, once play well against mm. his side and ultimately went out and signed them. It's not enough. You need to see them numerous times at home and away. You need to know about the, the character uh, and so forth. Rumours of interference, you know, in tactics and stuff like that under Stuart McCall. Simon Grayson didn't want the job after being there for a short period. I think that just underlines the problems that have been there. But they've got a good man now, Gary Bowyer, who's been in and he's uh, fought fires at some other football clubs. He always does it with, seems to do it with good humour. They've given him the job. They've seen enough in his opening uh, few games there. So... Yeah, it looks like it's going to be the bottom tier for them next season unless they can, you know, put together a fantastic run. But what they've got always on their side is a fantastic following, fantastic stadium. There's always players in the lower reaches of the divisions if they get it right um, in terms of the manager who will want to go and play for that football club. So I'm sure they'll come again. All right, let's have a look at the odds in terms of relegation. Relegation to the tune of fascination by Alphabet um, has Producer Abby has written in the script. Now, obviously, this is before my time. Is it relegation? Is it that one? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> well, you've got to do it. No, I don't. <laughs> Re- no, I'm thinking re-e-wide. Relegation. This is really fun. Re- okay. This is way more interesting than the odds. <laughs> all right, just give us some odds. Who's going down? Oh, uh, who's going down? Bradford are going down. They're 66 to 1 on to go down. Walsall, then the second favourites, 8 to 15. Rochdale, 4 to 7. And Wimbledon, 8 to 11 are the four favourites. Southend are evens. We haven't mentioned them, but they, are, they managed to draw at the weekend. That was good. Scunthorpe are 11 to 4. Accrington, everyone's favourite, or Clarkie's favourite, 4 to 1 to go down, which is also where Wickham are with their very poor run. 
And in terms of promotion uh, with William Hill, I've got a hunch that Luton might go up. What odds could you give me on that? Oh, what a hunch indeed. <laughs> uh, one to 100 for them to be promoted. Uh, Sunderland are the current favourites. They are one to three with Barnsley also favourites. The third favourites, four to five to be promoted. And I know you really want this, Matt, so I'm going to give it to you. Posh odds. Odds yes. on posh. For them to finish in the top six, seven to one. Mm-hmm. Nice to have a return of posh odds. That's League One down to League Two next. The Offside Rule Weekly Chinwags have returned. After travelling around the country speaking to the great and good in the beautiful game, we're back in a comfy studio ready to bring you a weekly dose of what's happening in football. The team that we've got at the moment, the sort of football they're playing, it gives me hope. We had a brilliant World Cup in Russia that we could really enjoy and get behind them and that looks like it's going to continue and move on. Well, thanks to England this week, you'll be delighted to know that I learned what a wet willy was. Coburn Laidside is the club that my granddad supported, so I just kind of latch on to them. We were taken you can't have any more teams anyway. You've already got Middlesbrough and Manchester United. And Real Madrid. We'll be ready for you every Friday morning to kickstart your sporting weekend. So that's the offside rule out every Friday morning. You can get involved by subscribing now on your preferred podcasting app. So in League 2, it's Lincoln leading with MK and Mansfield following. Off the pitch troubles for Berry and Macclesfield leading to no wins at the weekend for them. Whilst the bottom three all drawing leaves that just as it was. We'll start with MK Dons nil, Lincoln 2. Four points from their final five games will send the Imps up to League 1 for the first time since the 98-99 season. So they could be in the third tier. Then let me tell you what was happening 20 years ago in case you forgot. Tony Blair was the PM. The UK's entry to the Eurovision Song Contest was Say It Again by Pressure. Me neither. And Britney made her debut in the charts and our lives with this banger. Sam, favourite Britney Spears song? Sometimes. Controversial shout, Clarky. I don't know any apart from Hit Me Baby One More Time. (laughs) (laughs) But I was a big fan back in the day. Okay, I mean, the correct answer is toxic. What are we talking about? Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah, well (laughs) done, Lincoln. Um, They took loads of fans, like 5,500 fans, away fans to a League Two game, which is ridiculous. They're not fans, they're supporters, sorry. Great goal from Andrade to seal the victory. Big win for them. How damaging is the defeat for, for MK? I guess it's not so bad, given that Berry seemed to be stuttering their way to the end of the season yeah well it's disappointing because it was a a huge game um, with big implications I think Lincoln are going to be champions but well I thought that before the game but obviously for MK I actually watched this one and yeah they had a lot of the ball MK and uh, Hesketh was a bit of a threat he kind of I thought he was playing in the hole but he was actually playing tucked in on the right hand side and he got in little areas in between the defence and midfield so he was kind of their their biggest threat in the first half David Wheeler had one chance on his left foot he was playing up front but the best chance for for the Dons came when Anike came off the bench there seems to be some kind of contractual dispute with him he's out of contract I think in the summer I don't think that would have a bearing on Paul Tisdale putting him in there I don't know if there's something going on there but they looked a little bit more likely when he came on but good, good attitude hasn't he? he he wouldn't chucks it in <laughs> good um but no I, I just think Lincoln we give him a bit of a disservice at times but so organized the two center half Shackle and, and Boswick were unbelievable got this knack of winning penalties because they have that I suppose they just have that real endeavour from the likes of Anderson, the the physicality, and they can get to balls and just nick it past the defenders. So. Did you think it was a pen? I I didn't think it was. <sighs> I thought he got the ball. Yeah, I think he quite possibly got the ball. Yeah, Ryan Harley, wasn't it, uh, back there, who's obviously not best known for his defensive work, but he may have got some of the ball. I just felt it just it basically illustrated everything that Lincoln are. You know, you, you they never, ever look like they're out of a game and they always find a way to win. And yeah, they I don't think they deserve probably the 2-0 cushion, but it probably could have gone either way. So a decent result for Lincoln, a decent result too for Mansfield. Not only did MK lose, but they beat Cambridge by a goal to nil. Being a Mansfield fan must be quite fun sometimes, but it got so good this weekend because that win meant that Stags fans were in with a chance of getting a Stanley curved claw hammer, normally 11.99 for free. Whoa, and even more whoa, this offer came courtesy of MKM Building Supplies. That Ian McIntosh, he's got fingers in pies. Um, We've been asking Clarkey whether it was going to be Mansfield or MK Dons. We never considered it. It might actually be both. 
yeah, it could be, I guess. Yeah, with with, with Barry sort of falling away. Um, don't knock the claw hammer, by the way. I, I happen Not to knocking use, it at all. I, yeah. I happen to use one. Use it to this knock week. things. Yeah, I used it this week, and it, it was very handy. So this, that same one from MKM Building Supply. <laughs> no, I didn't lay claim to it. No, <laughs> that would have been a bit cheeky, right? <laughs> Mansfield have got a chance. I mean, yeah, Tyler Walker has, has, has been great, hasn't he? 24, 24 this season. He, I think, he was so, in with yeah. the shout for League Two Player of the Year. Surely wasn't. I he? would have thought so. Yeah. I mean. This is this is he's still a young player, isn't he? And he's not even their player, so so for Aloni to to deliver that many goals, I mean his stocks, it's got to be pretty high now. I'd imagine maybe Nottingham Forest will will consider using him next year. This was a good match for um, for the manager Flitcroft. He made uh, three changes, uh, one at half time, two just before the hour mark, and they all made a difference. Uh, Rose came on, Mellis came on, uh, Sweeney as well, and uh, yeah, so it was it was a good day for him. And um, for Mansford against the Cambridge team that have turned out to be quite dangerous in in recent weeks. So, so yeah, look, it's amazing how thing, things flip around. Berry looked brilliant, didn't they, until, until a few weeks ago and they're falling off a cliff. So um, it's going to go to the wire. I, I think that Mansfield, yeah, I, I would back them to do it now. That cliff that Berry fell off was at Brunton Park. They were a goal behind after 29 seconds. Carlisle down to 10 men for the second half, but didn't stop them winning by three goals to two. Their manager, Stephen Presley, said, I went a bit Jurgen Klopp, but anybody who's worked with me knows I'm an emotional and hugely passionate manager. Sounds like he's pitching for another job there, doesn't it? Uh, Ryan Lowe, it was a sickening result and down to individual errors. Three defeats in a row for Berry, who are off to their high court. Historical debt needs addressing... It's the wrong time of year to have a wobble, Adrian, isn't it? And, and oh, yeah. Do, do you buy into the fact that it's something we've touched on occasionally before, but these off-the-field problems, they shouldn't really bleed into results on the pitch to, no, to a great extent? No, I mean, yeah, the the wages issue, I think that, yeah, that, that obviously will have an impact. It can damage morale, can't it? And players can suddenly start feeling fed up. They've worked so hard all season. They've put the team, the club, in with the chance of going up and then they don't get paid on time. What, what you know? Where's the gratitude? That might be the, the feeling inside the dressing room. There might have been a bit of anger there and I, and I would understand that. But no, once you get onto the pitch, you, you, you concentrate on your job and they all want to get promoted, don't they? They don't want to, they don't want to fall away. I make it right, the manager here, in terms of individual errors. I, I looked at the goals quite closely and there's a bad slip from, I think, Cooney for the first goal. And the last goal was Rossiter. I think he was back inside his own box, completely switched off, lost concentration totally. And and Hallam Hope, who's had a habit of scoring big goals, actually, for Carlisle this season, he, he snuck in to, to get that winner. So you can't legislate for, for players making, making errors like that. Last few weeks we've been talking about Carlisle as if they're totally out of the playoff yeah. race because of, because of their, their lack of form. All of a sudden... They're one point behind Exeter, who are seventh, albeit having played a game more. Do you think we could see them sneak in? Possibly. It was a huge result for them because the manager's been getting an awful lot of flack because of the, the recent run. We had Devitt playing as a false nine uh, in the last game. Hope was obviously back in uh, at the weekend. And he made a huge call at half-time, obviously down to 10 men. You anticipate your manager's going to take off one of your flair players. Probably Devitt. It looks to be the one that gets sacrificed quite often. He stayed on. A two who came on to be that shield, which allowed uh, the likes of Hope and Devitt to go and uh, and try and uh, attack Berry. Uh, and obviously they they achieved a, a victory. I think well done to the manager, considering that he was coming under a little bit of flack. But my hunch is they'll probably fall a little bit short. Berry, I have no worries about them really. I think the performance was very good. Adam Collin, the, the goalkeeper for Carlisle, had a outstanding game. Maynard wasn't quite at his usual level. I think Barry will be fine. Danny Mayer comes back in, one more game suspended. And yes, it's three defeats in seven days, but Swindon performance was not bad. Saturday, very good. It was just the home game against Cambridge where they were really poor. I think Barry, for my money, are still going to be in the top three. All right, so pick your, pick your, both of you, pick your two from the three that is Stags, Barry, MK. You're saying yeah, Barry I'm saying, plus. I'm saying Lincoln, MK, Berry. Yeah, I would go for uh, Lincoln, Berry, and Mansfield. I think MK might have to go via the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, odds, Abby, what have you got? And by you, I mean William Hill, the sponsors of the show, in terms of people getting into the playoffs. I see that Oldham 
are in the shake-up, albeit at a rather long price. Well, yeah, you have chosen the last team in who they're putting odds on. They are 16-1. to Tranmere, they're the favourites. Their odds on, they are 18-1 to with Forest Green and Exeter. All odds on, 5-1 to on and 15-8, to respectively. And we've been talking about Carlisle. They are 9-4 to to make it into the play. Let's look ahead to some weekend fixtures. We can't really do it with much clarity because of the midweek games. But Villa, Bristol City, Adrian is one that that leaps off the page in in terms of the championship games. Can anybody stop Villa? (laughs) Well, Bristol City could go there and get a result. They went to Sheffield. If you can go to Bramwell Lane this season and win then you can go to Villa Park and win. So this is a really fascinating fixture, actually. I think the winner will feel that they've got one foot in the playoffs. I think Villa will get there anyway. But if Bristol were to get a good result here, um, yeah, that, that will put, put them at a real advantage over Derby. Look, that, I found a stat, I think, that Lee Johnson had brought in five extra players this season compared to last who have experience of promotions, which effectively works out he's got 45% more players that, that, that have promotion experience. And, and that makes a difference. So, so they, they're definitely in the shake-up this season. That should be a cracking game. In terms of League One, Sam, decent opportunity for Barnsley to get back on the horse, home to Fleetwood. Fleetwood, after that draw with Southend, as we record, 10 points outside the playoff places. Joey Barton sounding like he thinks that that's gone. So this is the kind of fixture that you want at this stage of the season, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think the last kind of really positive display and resounding victory was home against Accrington Stanley, if memory serves me right, when they were fantastic. Barnsley scored a couple of brilliant goals. So... Yeah, it can work one way, can't it? Mm. Players out of contract, they've always got a little bit of extra motivation. I'm talking about Fleetwood here, ones that want to get new contracts elsewhere, being Joe Barton's plans for next season, you know, and the pressure's off as well. So you can get some funny results this stage of the season, but I would fancy Barnsley, even though what I've said today, to, to win that game. Yeah, a big game for me at Roots Hall, Southend against Wickham, two of the most out-of-form teams in the country. The loser of this game, I, w- I was fearful. In League 2, FGR Macclesfield uh, catches the eye, but there'll be lots of twists and turns this week and at the weekend too. Sam, Adrian, thank you kindly. Time's beaten us once again. Have a lovely week, guys. You've been listening to the Totally Football League show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life really, and here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK, so that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.